everyone. Welcome to the inaugural episode of the Football Outsiders Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Spratt, a writer for Football Outsiders, which is part of the Edge Sports family. If you're new to Football Outsiders, we're a football sabermetrics website that uses detailed charting data to evaluate teams and players with better sophistication than traditional statistics like yards and touchdowns. My hope is that this podcast is going to offer you good fantasy football advice based on those principles and statistics from Football Outsiders. Every Thursday, I'll publish a new episode that looks at the best and worst start and sit options every week based on the venue, weather, and defensive matchups of every player. And then every Tuesday, I'll publish discussing the best waiver wire targets. Well, it's Thursday today, and the NFL actually kicks off tonight with the Packers and Bears game. Very, very excited. Um, But that means that it's time to talk about the best start and sit matchups of the week. And I'll get that started by looking at quarterbacks. So my top quarterback matchups this week feature... Drew Brees playing against Houston, Kirk Cousins playing against Atlanta, Russell Wilson against Cincinnati, Jameis Winston against San Francisco, Jimmy Garoppolo against Tampa Bay, and Nick Foles at Kansas City. Five of those six players are playing at home, which tends to be a boost for the quarterback in the passing game. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo being the one on the road, and I'll talk about that in a little bit. But let's get started with Drew Brees. So Brees is a very prominent player to talk about from a matchups perspective. I know not everybody plays matchups with quarterbacks and may not have the depth in your leagues to do it. But if you can, it's something that you can really do to help your lineups. That's because some quarterbacks, Brees included, show marked home and road splits. Brees is one of the biggest such quarterbacks with 3.0 more fantasy points per game at home than on the road over the last three seasons. And that got exaggerated even further to 7.4 point home fantasy point advantage last year. So you actually might remember some of this discussion from late in the year when people thought that Breeze might be falling off as a passer now that he's 40 years old. He had a four-game stretch last year from weeks 12 to 15 when he passed for just 171, 121, 201, and 203 yards in those four consecutive games. But I don't actually think that was a sign that Breeze was getting worse as a passer. I think it was actually just the home road splits catching up to him in what happened to be a sequence of three straight road games. He played three against Dallas, Tampa, and Carolina on the road, on three of those four bad passing performances. Meanwhile, the first of those performances was against Atlanta when he also threw four touchdowns, so he really didn't have to pass very much. They were so efficient and so successful that that game got out of hand quickly. So basically what I think is that Breeze showed off the typical home and road splits that he tends to show at the end of last year, and he's still a very good option, specifically in home games. He's not the same quarterback that he was in his prime. I consider him the 16th quarterback in true talent fantasy production, but he's going to be a player that you're going to want to start at home and not start on the road because of those home road splits. And I have him fourth at the position in week one. Next up, we got Jameis Winston. Um, he has pretty similar splits to Breeze, both in recent seasons and last year. 3.8 more fantasy points per game at home than on the road since 2016. 9.7 last year. Now, last year's total may be a little bit skewed because Winston missed some time with his suspension and just because Ryan Fitzpatrick was so good. But I still expect him to to play much better at home and score better in fantasy at home. And then in general, he's kind of an underrated passing option. So this week he's playing at home and uh, Hurricane Dorian has passed. Looks like a 90 degree Fahrenheit temperature with clear skies and no wind down in Tampa. He's facing the 49ers defense, which has finished bottom sixth in pass defense in DVOA each of the last three seasons. And as such, he's my number two fantasy quarterback for week one. You know, this is going to be a common theme for me in the podcast and in the article that I'm writing up on footballoutsiders.com, but there definitely are a bunch of quarterbacks that show typical home and road splits. And just kind of running through a bunch of them real quick, just to give you an idea and things that you can maybe use throughout the year. Last year's leaders in home and road splits include Mitchell Trubisky, who scored 11.6 more points per game at home. 
He's hosting the Packers, obviously, tonight. Um, and the Packers were a little bit of a boon to passing uh, to passers. 7% increase in passing yards per attempt and 34% increase in passing touchdowns for them. So Trubisky actually just missed landing in my top six quarterbacks. He's um, in, in the best matchups for the week. And overall, he's my number 13 quarterback in fantasy projections for the week. Um, next up, we have Sam Darnold, 9.6 home advantage. And then Josh Allen, 8.2. So those are both rookie quarterbacks last year, so it's probably not too surprising that they show those exaggerated splits. But interestingly, they are playing each other in the opening game, and Darnold and the Jets are the home team. I think you would expect that to mean that Darnold is the better start, and the numbers do suggest that. But again, I'm not as convinced that those home and road splits are going to be suggestive of their future careers as they get more established and used to the NFL action. And actually, the Jets' defense looks on paper like a much better matchup than the Bills. The Bills last year decreased passing yards per attempt of their opponents by 13%, increased interceptions by 68%, and increased passer fumbles by 222%. It's a huge number because of that excellent pass rush that I think is going to be there again this year. In contrast, the Jets increased passing yards per attempt 16%, increased passing touchdowns by 40%. Plus, Allen gets more of his production from running than passing anyway. I actually think Allen might be the better choice between those two, but you can maybe do better than both of those guys in your deeper and two-quarterback leagues. One more quarterback that I'll mention here is Derek Carr, 6.2 fantasy points per game better at home than on the road last year. He's hosting the Broncos on Monday Night Football. Um, The Broncos were surprisingly only a neutral opponent um, in passing yards per attempt and and passing touchdowns per attempt, but they did increase interceptions and passer fumbles with a pass rush last year. It may not be quite as scary a matchup as you would expect, but I would really rather sit a week and watch Carr and and the new Raiders offense before I'm ready to start him in fantasy, except maybe in your really deeper leagues. Okay, on the flip side of things, um, it may not be surprising to hear that Aaron Rodgers has the toughest matchup this week facing the Bears. Um, you know, last year he he had that miracle come from behind win in week one, but in Chicago last December, just 274 passing yards, uh, no touchdowns, one interception. The Bears were an historically great DVOA defense last year, and DVOA um, in the projections the Football Outsiders does this year, we have them fourth best um, behind the Texans, Jaguars, and Vikings, so experiencing a little bit of regression there. But that still doesn't really make Rodgers a great matchup. Um, and I think that some of the notable guys that you can maybe have with him in, in typical league, I would rather start Jameis Winston than Rodgers this week. I'd rather start Kirk Cousins than Rodgers this week. And I'd rather start Carson Wentz than Rodgers this week. I've got a few other random guys ahead of him in my rankings that may be people you wouldn't actually want to start against him. But I think the more relevant consideration is that Rodgers is the fourth most expensive quarterback in DraftKings. He's definitely a quarterback to avoid uh, in your DFS options this week. Kind of getting at another player that you may not want to play the matchups with, but this, this is kind of an amusing one to me, is Patrick Mahomes. So he, didn't, he definitely didn't have home and road splits the way you would expect last year. He actually threw for 312 passing yards and 3.6 passing touchdowns per game on the road last year and actually scored 7.1 more fantasy points per game on the road than at home. Not surprisingly, that was the biggest split. Almost every quarterback does better at home than on the road. So Mahomes, pretty much regardless of you know the venue, the weather, all of that stuff, he's typically going to be the number one quarterback. But I, I'm mentioning him here because he's facing the Jaguars. And yes, it's in, in, in Jacksonville, which may or may not be a consideration for him. But the Jaguars themselves are a very tough matchup for passers. In 2017, they were the number one pass defense by DVOA. Last year, they declined to sixth, still not bad. And the plexiglass principle says they'll probably finish somewhere in between this year especially given all the other additions like Josh Allen they've made on defense. 
Um, so even last year when they weren't quite as good as they were two years ago, they cut passing touchdowns by 22%. Um, that was the fourth most behind just the Bears, Colts, and, and Ravens defenses. Um, and plus they are a run-centered offense that can maybe take advantage of the Chiefs' biggest defensive weakness. I'll talk about that a little bit more in a second. But Mahomes may not have as many passing attempts as he normally would, may struggle a little bit relative to normal. I don't think you would bench him in any kind of normal format, but he may be a player that you avoid in DFS like Rodgers. Uh, one other name I'll mention here is Matt Ryan. He's going on the road to Minnesota. And this can always be a kind of a confusing situation where you have a quarterback that plays in the dome at home. Now he's going on the road, but he's going on the road to a dome as well. What exactly does that mean? Well, with Ryan, it doesn't mean as much as it does for somebody like Drew Brees because he's actually scores 19.6 fantasy points per game at home and 19.0 on the road over the last three years. So pretty much even every time. In other words, I'm not really scared off by Ryan going on the road. He's a safe start every week. Um, but that said, I'll also mention that playing the Vikings, regardless of it being in Minnesota, the Vikings are a very good defense. I think I mentioned that they were projected to be a top three defensive DVOA team this year. And of note, they cut passing touchdowns by 17%. That makes Ryan a little bit worse of a matchup this week. Let's see, I have him. Yeah, he's kind of the back end of my QB2s this week. Um, more, more normally, he'll be a solid quarterback one. All right, pivoting down to running backs. Um, I, I think I mentioned I was going to talk about this a second ago with that Patrick Mahomes bit, but Leonard Fournette. So Fournette in general is a player that I like much better than I think his reputation. And that really shows up in some of his advanced metrics. He's run for 115 and just negative four DYAR the last two years, which is, you know, yards above um, average for a running back. That looks a lot better than his 3.9 and 3.3 yards per carry averages the last two years. And the reason that's happening is because Fournette gets so many high difficulty carry opportunities that drags down those yard per carry averages. I'm talking about the third and shorts, the fourth and shorts, against stacked lineups, things like that. It's just much harder for Fournette to produce yardage than it would be for other players. But if you look at how often he's successful in converting first downs and such, he's actually a pretty good player. And he is clearly what the Jaguars have to work with right now. Because behind him on the depth chart, you have fifth-round rookie Ryquel Armstead, undrafted rookie Divine Ozigbo, who they just picked up from the Saints who cut him. They've got a special teamer in Tyler Irvin. He may be a passing option, but probably not. And then that's that's it. That's what they have. So Fournette is going to probably get all of the running back touches for the Jaguars this week. And the Chiefs' run defense at least last year, was terrible. I mean, really, really bad. They allowed 5.28 adjusted line yards, which is the worst in football. Uh, They allowed a 78% success rate on power runs specifically, something that Fournette is really kind of fits his style. And so with all of that, Fournette boosts up to my number four PPR running back this week. And he's really the only player in my top six at the position who isn't a quote-unquote usual suspect. The other running back I'll mention with a good matchup is Tevin Coleman. And I think there definitely is some uncertainty in how San Francisco is going to split their carries and and touches in the backfield. Um, Jerick McKinnon is out for the year again, so I think that clears things up a little bit. But Matt Breda, at least last I checked, was listed as the number one option. I actually think Coleman has the better matchup for the week because he's really more of a passing down option than Breda is. And typically, when you're playing on the road, that's better for a passing back, while at home it's better for a running back. So that gives Coleman a little bit of the boost there. Uh, Tampa Bay is just a really favorable matchup in general, though. They boost both passing and rushing production, both yardage and touchdowns. So I think Coleman is going to be a pretty nice start as an RB2 this week, and then hopefully we'll get a little bit of clarity about how the 49ers are going to split that work to make decisions a little bit easier for future weeks. 
Among the running backs with bad matchups, there really aren't many that I think are terrible this week among the, the most prominent fantasy players. Aaron Jones um, with the Packers is a bad one. You know, the Bears have an incredible pass defense, but they also have a very good run defense. Uh, they cut yards per carry by 14% last year and rushing touchdowns by 50% last year. And that drops Jones' 10 spots in my rankings from 13th in true talent to 23rd for this week in PPR. Then the other guy I'll mention is Kalen Balage for, for the Miami Dolphins. Um, this is not a good week to start him. He's playing the Ravens. Um, you know, the Ravens are such a ball control team with Lamar Jackson that they cut rushing plays of their opponents by 10%. So just 10 fewer, 10% fewer opportunities per game for, for running backs. It's going to make it hard for him to succeed. But he's a player that I want to keep an eye on this week and see how his and Kenyon Drake's workload split uh, plays out. Because I think Balaj could end up being a maybe the leading rusher for the team and could be a really nice surprise. He may actually be available on some of your waiver wires. So even if he has a poor performance, if he gets a lot of the split this week, he may be a player worth picking up. Okay, let's move on to wide receivers. Uh, I got a couple of guys at the top from the Vikings and Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs with the best matchups for this week. So obviously the Falcons were just terrible defensively last season and suffered all of their injuries. But something that I think people may have missed was that even in 2017 when they had Deion Jones healthy um, and had Keanu Neal healthy, they were just the number 20 defense in DVOA. So it's not like they've been world beaters when all of their guys are healthy. And so as such, I think Thielen and Diggs are really good matchup plays this week. Um, even with a better Falcons or a better Falcons health, and they're players that I definitely want to start in my top ten. And then I'll mention too Tyler Lockett. So just based on what I'm seeing in you know early drafts and such, Lockett really isn't getting the respect that I thought he might because he finished 16th among wide receivers in PPR scoring last year. And I think people think of him as just exclusively this downfield threat, but I just don't think that's true anymore. He's really developed into a more complete player. He was first last year with an 82.4% DVOA out wide, but second among all wide receivers with a 54.8% DVOA from the slot. He's a guy that can really run a variety of routes and line up all over the place on the field. And with Doug Baldwin retired, he's really definitely the guy for the Seahawks. So I think that almost every week I'm going to have him in my top 20, even in PPR at the position. And he's seventh this week. So I think he's a really good option for you. You know, among the wide receivers with the worst matchups, I'm going to continue to beat that that Jaguars drum. Uh, you got Tariq Hill is, is facing off against Jalen Ramsey. It's It's been about a year since Ramsey said that Hill was a really nice special teams returner, so it should be a really fun week to watch this game. Um, but I'll point out with Ramsey, interestingly, his coverage success rate fell from 61% last um, two years ago, which was 7th at the position, to just 55% last year, which is 27th. You know, very good, but not the elite levels that I think Ramsey's reputation would suggest. So this may not be quite as bad a matchup for Hill as you would expect. Although Ramsey's true talent, I'm guessing, probably lies somewhere in the middle. It's going to be a common refrain for, for this podcast. But that still bumps Hill down to maybe a mid-tier wide receiver, too, for this week in PPR. Um, you know, it could really be a problem for the Chiefs if the Jaguars have a lot of sec- success running the ball. That just might limit the total number of plays the Chiefs have on offense. Mahomes can do a lot with a little, but it, it still could be a relatively rough week for them. Next up, I'll mention Kenny Galladay. So Galladay's facing the Cardinals down in Arizona. The Cardinals have actually been a top 10 pass defense each of the last three years, even when some of their overall record stuff suggests they've been pretty bad overall. But cornerback Patrick Peterson is actually suspended this week and for the first six weeks of the season because of PEDs. And Peterson was really maybe the best corner in football. 60% coverage success rate in 2018 was seventh best at the position. That just leaves what has traditionally been a backup in Tremaine Brock 
and a second-round rookie, Byron Murphy, starting at cornerback for the Cardinals this week. So on paper, this looks like a pretty good matchup for Galladay and the other Lions receivers. But I'll just point out that the Cardinals have cut passing plays by 10% and increased rushing plays by 24% recently. And what that is is just, you know, the Cardinals have been a really bad team. And when you face off a bad team, other teams tend to quickly build leads, and then they can run the ball more in the second half to cut uh, to, to reduce the clock. And with that, you know, I could really see this Lions team going up big pretty quickly and then riding Kerry and Johnson. And so Johnson is a guy that I really like this week. He's my seventh running back in PPR. Whereas Galladay, I think it's a slight fade, dropping him down to 26th in my PPR rankings. Definitely still a flex option, but he'll have better weeks than this week is my expectation. Let's close things out talking a little bit of tight ends, and I want to focus more on Jared Cook. Uh, so Cook is facing off against the Texans, who are the number one overall DVOA projection. So it's, it seems like a really scary matchup for him and the other Saints. But the Texans specifically do have a weakness against tight ends. Uh, they have a 15.2% and 16.3% DVOA allowed to tight ends the last two years, bottom 10 in football both seasons, and they actually allowed the fifth most fantasy points to tight ends in 2018. So that means Cook probably has a good matchup, and maybe the Saint that specifically has the best matchup this week. Cook is a new name for the Saints, but if you missed it, he actually was very productive last year for Oakland. 68 catches, 896 yards, and six touchdowns. So I think he may routinely end up in my top 10 this year. He may really be the number three pass-casting option for, for the Saints. But for me, this week, he's actually sixth with the deceptively plus matchup. Uh, the, the one tight end that's kind of with a bad matchup that I want to talk about is Travis Kelsey. And, and I, I would say bad is in, in air quotes there because this matchup drops him to the, the number three tight end for the week. So it's not exactly somebody that you're ready to bench. You're just not going to bench him or George Kittle or Zach Ertz ever in any kind of traditional fantasy format. But because it is a relatively bad matchup for him and particularly good one for Ertz, that does mean a lot for, for daily fantasy because Kelsey is actually the most expensive tight end in DraftKings by $500 over George Kittle. Kittle I have ranked second versus Kelsey third this week in $1,000 more than Ertz, who is my number one tight end for this week. So at least for DFS purposes, I'm not going to roll with Kelsey this week. I'd rather rely on Ertz or maybe just save some money there and go with someone like Cook and then spend that with other positions. But I think that that's kind of the, the where I would end with that. Okay, that's going to do it for this this first episode. Um, thanks, everybody, for listening. I would encourage you to both subscribe and to, and to rate and review. Those things really do help a new podcast like this grow. And then we'll look for you again on next Tuesday with a new episode. Check me out here, and then check us out at footballoutsiders.com. A lot, got a lot of great content, fantasy, and just general football stuff otherwise. Thanks so much. Talk to you next week. Mm-hmm.